0: Da, 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 da You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. It's, it's showtime.
1: That's Well, we're definitely in for some nostalgia talk, and we're probably in for some crying as well. We're gonna be just up front about it right off the top. Um, if you don't wanna hear three adults crying into a microphone, you're just gonna have to turn this off. Toy Story 4 is on the docket, ma'am, fam. It's time. And I never thought I'd actually be talking about this movie uh, on a podcast uh, ever. Never thought it'd come out. Uh, We waited about a decade for this and um, leave it to Pixar to to do this and to do it like this and to um, have the critical reception that they do. It's honestly quite unbelievable. We talked about... Toy Story last week in the uh in the VIP club a retrospective episode just about Pixar in general and it's honestly unprecedented what they've been able to do uh when it comes to how these movies have been received so um all things on the table tonight talking Toy Story really really excited but uh, I want to welcome in my co-hosts Brian and Richard hey guys what's up buddy Oh, you know, um, just living life, watching Toy Story one day and Child's Play the next. You know how everything goes, you know, in <laughs> this world we... As, as God intended. Yeah, yes. exactly. Nothing nothing more than God intended and wake up on a Sunday and go see Child's Play, you know, just, <laughs> just uh, doing it his way. But um, man, uh, yeah, so hopefully we'll do a Child's Play episode very soon. Richard and I will be doing that with a guest and that will be coming out nice. hopefully next week or so. Probably be the episode next week. Um, so, uh, light light release schedule this weekend. And uh, Toy Story 4 looking to dominate the box office again, just like it did this past weekend. And um, so, um, a lot of stuff to talk about tonight, believe it or not. It feels like we haven't been on a full episode in a while. We haven't really sat down and talked movie news, and I'm excited to do that. But, uh, so... I think we should start with a little bit of movie news rumors rumblings. Movie news. Yes. Rumors and rumblings. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. Okay, so I mentioned the box office a little bit, guys, and um, a little box office update for you. Uh, Avengers: Endgame is now 30 million behind Avatar, and uh, Disney, uh, not to be outdone. <laughs> In any capacity, by a property that's theirs now, which is weird. They need to beat their own themselves. <laughs> that's a, um, anyway, uh, Avengers coming we'll back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> coming back into theaters uh, this uh, next, not this coming weekend, but the next, the 28th, or actually it is this weekend. Um, 2000 theaters is uh, Avengers Endgame. And a, not only that, not only are, can you go see it again on the big screen prior to Spider-Man Far From Home, which comes out uh, four days later, I believe. So they're timing that perfectly. Um, not only can you do that, but uh, they're throwing in a poster. If you can request, they're throwing in an exclusive Infinity Gauntlet Iron Man poster and uh, some extra scenes, too. Some deleted scenes, an extra, I think, a, a post-credit scene and maybe, a, you know, an extended cut, which wh- that's what you need with after three hours and ten is <laughs> an extended cut, right? But, uh, you know, we actually talked about this a couple weeks ago uh, off the air about what are they going to do? Are they really going to beat uh, Avatar? You know, it's kind of losing it's losing steam at the last possible moment when they're, you know, got 1% left of their gross to, to pass it. And... um you know, we threw out there that they would put it back in theaters right before Spider-Man. We were right about that. Richard threw out the idea of they could just throw another scene in there because they shot so much. There, that ended up happening, and uh, we'll see if this is if this ends up happening. It could do very well, I would think uh, this this weekend. It certainly could could get second place, considering last weekend's uh, gross. I heard, uh, so I heard they
0: made uh, one other character fat. Then you don't know who. <laughs> oh, to go good. Say this one, yeah. Wow. Yep.
1: <laughs> I'm hoping for. Um, I'm hoping for a Fat Happy Henderson. We haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I was go back fat, to Chef. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Fat Scarlet Witch. Be
2: cool. <laughs> Fingers crossed for Fat Rocket Raccoon. That's my idea. <laughs> oh, oh, oh fat middle, Groot, middle, fat yeah. Groot would be great. But Just who doesn't love a fat raccoon? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. Like
1: that's that. funny. That's good. Um, so so will you guys be going to see it again? I've actually wanted to see it again in the theaters. Um, and nothing's coming out this weekend other than Annabelle three or something, and then that uh, Beatles yeah, movie done. is is coming out uh, in limited, more limited release. I think so. Um, so yeah. I, I think it could definitely gross in the $20 million range, I would say. Uh, you know, that's on the conservative side. I mean, uh, actually on the high-end side, I would say. Um, and, you know, last week it was Toy Story with $118 million, and then the next closest movie was uh, Child's Play with 14 So I, I don't think there's a lot of competition other than Toy Story for Avengers, sadly. That's mm-hmm. crazy that it came out and everybody's seen it, and... Watched it ten times and all that. Uh, so, what are, what are your guys' thoughts on this? And um, do you think it'll it'll do it this week? And you think this time next week we'll be talking about the uh, new highest grossing movie of all time, Ryan?
2: Yeah, I don't think I'm going to go. I you know it's four hours long. I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I'll watch it a hundred million times on on uh, DVD or whatever when that comes out because I have a six year old. So we'll definitely watch that. Uh, Quite a bit, but I don't need to go see it in the movie theaters again. I don't know. I'm waiting if it if it's close at the end of this weekend. I hope they just straight start saying what they're doing. Just be like, hey, come on, we just we really need your support. We need like eight million more to to beat Avatar, guys. So come on out, beat Avatar, and just just go all in on like. Yeah, they should exactly just tweet out
1: hashtag beat Avatar. Yeah, you know, yeah. and like just go for it. You're right. That's yeah. true. Um, that's that. <laughs> You know what? There's going to be. I, th- I feel like so many MCU fans that are just going to feel this sense of responsibility. It's like, let's go do this, guys. <laughs> we got to do this, you know. And they're going to go do it this weekend. They're going to, they're going to uh, camp out. You know, that's our tradition. You know, right. we we actually we I'm camp out right 200 now. days a year. Yeah, it's right. our it's our thing. We actually we we do responsibly. Uh
0: What do you camped out for, Brian?
2: Oh, yesterday. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah I've been there cool. for. Uh, when that trailer came out, I can't remember, um, like, late December. So, yeah, I missed Christmas, but it was it's worth it, man. So <laughs> still the only one out there, or was no. there a line <laughs> behind you? Yeah, I, I, earlier I thought there was somebody coming to get in line with me, but it uh, turned out just janitor, getting getting the trash.
1: <laughs> yeah, just, just just cleaning up after you, after a while, you know? <laughs> right,
2: right. It's not uh, pretty. That's funny. I mean, it's not, <laughs> but...
1: That's good. Okay, um, Richard, any thoughts on, on this, or...? It'll probably, I think it'll probably do it worldwide um, when you add worldwide. So much
2: disdain from Richard there. Like, you got any thoughts, Richard, on this uh, biggest movie ever? Anything? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uninterested, thanks. No, no, no. Of
0: course, I have so many thoughts. Um, Will I see it again? No. The last thing I want to do is uh, see movies we don't have to go see. (laughs) It's like people ask me that all the time. Oh no, I don't. I don't actually like movies. No, kidding, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's obvious. <laughs> no, but like People you, you are, guys uh, know when you do this at least yeah. once a week. If you get a week where you don't have to do it, you are not mm-hmm. going to be like, um, "I am going to go check out that post credit scene." <laughs> uh, yeah. So no, I won't. I think it'll get there. I don't know. I you know it'd be weird if it just like it's gonna pass it. I just don't know if it'll pass it with this hump or if they put it out again. I don't know, I feel like the move would be to put it out again in like November or something. Yeah.
2: yeah. Hold or off Oscars on the stream. or something.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh but and uh and then add some some footage and stuff. But mm. I guess you can't because of I feel Spiders. like
1: they're so you close. Know? Maybe yeah. it's like let's just I feel like they could keep it out in for two more weeks, this week and maybe the week that Spider-Man's out, we'll give it a little another bump too. People will want to yeah. go see that again after seeing Spider-Man and and uh, I think I think it'll definitely pass it, whether this week or next week. I, I'm surprised it lost as much steam as it did. To be quite honest, it looked, yeah, looked yeah. for a while sure there. Like, it the was gonna. Thing. It was 100 million away for it feels like over oh, four weeks or so. <laughs> that's a mm-hmm. that's a that's a hard that's a hard amount of money to make up. Uh, you know, given the amount of movies coming out, I mean, it's just yeah. too much. You're giving too people too many options, and we had talked about that. Weeks ago, uh, when, you know, movie draft uh, time that, you know, Disney's just competing with themselves <laughs> this entire summer. I mean, like, well, mm. you know, Avengers is dominating and, and it's probably going to become the highest grossing movie of time. Well, we should probably put out uh, Aladdin in 5,000 theaters then. <laughs> this Aladdin-Guy <laughs> yeah. Ritchie thing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that we know is, is not going to be well-received, and but we have to get it out there. And that killed the momentum of that. And then, you know, it's still doing fine and then they had to take that out of theaters and avengers for to make room for toy story and i'm sure they're going to have to remove toy story for some theaters uh for avengers you know and and aladdin so uh, it's a it's a it's they're basically choosing and picking how they can make money now and it's <laughs> it's it's uh i want i can't wait for some infographic youtube video to break this all down some 538 you know article or something <laughs> to come out about Disney is just playing piano with people's money, and it's pretty impressive. And, and yeah. that's going to be part of my discussion with Toy Story 4 uh, a little bit later, so I'm excited for that. But uh, speaking of MCU and Toy Story 4, um, this is more on the rumbling side of things. Uh, there's a rumbling out there right now that MCU people, Kevin Feige and co., are talking with the Keanu in the Keanu, oh. in in the midst of the Keanu Sans that we're in, we're experiencing it.
2: North um, American treasure, Keanu Reeves.
1: North American treasure, yeah, Keanu. Um, sorry, Keanu, I know you've you got your vest and you wore it uh, underneath all your your black suit. Uh, we, <laughs> you know, that. um, about uh, joining the MCU, Keanu, and um, fans have been crying for it. Apparently, um, they're interested. Apparently. Uh, we don't know the character, but um, Keanu could be in the MCU. My question to you guys is: um, Do you think this is a long term thing, or are we just in the midst of a Keanu It's Like right now, if if McConaughey was in the MCU, how would you know? i was sure mm. right, a couple years ago, it would feel it would have felt great um, during the Dallas Buyers Club and stuff. But sure. Uh, sure. Uh, you know, is this a fad? Is this Keanu thing a fad? Is now that John Wick, I, I'm sure they'll make another John Wick movie. Actually, now um, since they're mm-hmm. doing so well, but uh, you know, what do you what are you guys' thoughts on Keanu coming aboard now? Um, start with Richard this time.
0: Yeah, I you know the keanu is 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 uh, I've talked to I don't know if I've talked to both of you about this or just Brian, but uh, it's it's totally it definitely fun. wasn't just me. Yeah. No, we don't, talk no, off, it we,
1: don't a, we don't, we don't, we don't talk off do. the air. Right. Just, We're only,
0: mm-hmm. well, yeah. through attorneys we do.
1: Yeah. Right. That's what the I, the arbitrator mean. wasn't available. It's so not, it's not, not an, an option actually for us to talk mm-hmm. off the air. So, mm-hmm. right. That's, sorry I I then, no, know to stop down that. No, we needed to clarify that for the,
0: you knew. you know what you did. Yeah. Um, that was my first El Camino. kid. Sorry.
1: Um, and, and, and you have multiple El Caminos, mind you. That was the first one, <laughs> but you yeah. never have a first, another right. Yeah, you never right? have another. You can't yeah. get that back. You're right. Man. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, sorry.
0: Anyway, um, yeah. So the Keanu thing is is great in terms of um, it's it's annoying right now. Meaning, I don't the 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 the, the Keanu Reeves should be in every movie. Twitter is annoying, uh, <laughs> but the context of. He was like unfairly crapped on for twenty years, so like cosmically it levels out. So I'm mm-hmm. happy that it's happening. It's just like ridiculous when they're like, they should remake On the Waterfront with Keanu Reeves. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're kidding, right? And they're like, no. You know, all Twitter's like, and it's like, well, no, he's good. I mean, I like Keanu; he's a very good actor. I'm glad he's having another day in the sun, but I enjoy him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he, he, we don't have to remake. We don't have to put him in all the Christoph Vault scenes from Django. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, be, I don't know if fine. you guys know this, but Keanu Reeves is actually a Daniel Day-Lewis character. I don't know if that's <laughs> <fine. I don't laughs> that would that be doesn't. mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> right.
0: cosmically I'm fine with it because like he was unfairly derided for a long time and unappreciated and now he's overappreciated and it it, it will even out that he is properly rated. So it's fine. <laughs> um so uh but you know the you know Marvel people you know are good in Marvel movies. They that they he he's a great action star, and so mm-hmm. if they did, I don't know. That's a good anything, point. You know, as as we've talked about this, is um, I don't know any Marvel characters, and so I'm sure there's one he's right for because there seem to be an infinite amount of archetypes that. I, there's probably a marvel character I could play you know
1: now they have um, literally every Marvel character at their disposal with right. the acquisition so, too so
0: yeah I think I could definitely see him in like the Deadpool pool universe or something it would be cool um but there's a there's a million things so sure that makes sense that we do it but i, I it's crazy that the this Keanu world that we live in now that is like my whole Twitter feed <laughs> Keanu like I don't everyone's talking about Kawhi Leonard, but why didn't Keanu win? He's Canadian. He should have won the MVP of the finals. And you're like, what? What's going on? Yeah. So Yeah, I'm yeah it with has you. Got annoying. That's, that's yeah, exactly
2: right. what it is. It's it's like anything else, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's sports or music or movies or anything, it's <laughs> the fans ruin it. That's how it always is. Yeah, it's totally. like, man, this, this Keanu thing is awesome because he's, I mean, truly, by all accounts, is like yes, a genuinely great person. He's oh. fun in in a lot of the movies that he that he has done. He's been around forever, and just and the, kind the of, "I
0: Love Movies" clip is a great viral yeah, clip. Yeah. Like I get that, but it's like people are like,
2: "Should that win Best Picture?" Man, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's just like anything. It's like the the thing itself is is very cool, and then within two days. Uh, the fan, the fanboys, the fangirls, etc., have have just made it to where you're like, well, kind of might hate him now. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's just, it's just the way that, that this. It's well, not it has John's nothing to do sick, with it. <laughs> is what I always say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's it's just like it's just like anything else. Uh, we get it a lot with sports. We see that constantly in sports right. where it's like, oh, this team's pretty cool. Hate. Every single person roots for them. That's tough. Uh, kind of hard to get past, but you know, it, it is. It is what it is. I, I, but I'd be thrilled. I'd be thrilled to have Padre, Padres fans. You yeah, the only ones. Yeah, exactly. You're obviously our favorites. Um, I mean, I kind of hate my own baseball team because of the fans. So there's, you know, there's that. Um, and because it's an unlikable team. But anyway, hey, the, the uh, antlers up, bro. <laughs> claw antler. Yeah, um, you, don't, you don't talk about the Baltimore Orioles like that, Brian. <laughs> What well, Chris like, Davis is going to turn it around, man! Not it's three-year slump. Um, the yeah, no, I'd love, I'd love to see Keanu in in the MCU, yeah. and I, I don't think, especially. I assume you're not going to give him his own franchise within the MCU. Maybe he's a part of a team. Maybe he's a villain. Maybe he's a one-off something like that. So I don't, I don't know. I don't worry so much about how is this going to look in in five or ten years. Um, assuming it's like that, like like you're saying, if 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 again if you were just going to start the x men over and be like and the entire x men is keanu reeves and whatever as cyclops and that's going to be the entire yeah. thing we're going to build up that maybe doesn't look great in 5 or 10 years if the keanu sance is kind of toned down a little but i i would not worry about that at all if it was especially if it's like part of a team or a villain or something like that
0: i think everyone that's that's like this um that this, this swear is like, okay, cool. you big Keanu fan. All right. Well, how about you saddle up for some um, Man of chai Chai-T, uh the glass, Tai Chi, the glass house. 47 know. Ronin. Yeah. 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 You know, like he, all- has made, he has made bad movies. You know, sure. It's happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah, man. The, no, replacements, it- <laughs> the Replacements is better than Pulp Fiction, is what I've always said. Yeah. <laughs> the band or, or the movie no the replacements
2: it's the no, best the gene yeah the movie. band i the think we can all
0: agree that that's the best gene hackman movie because
2: obviously <laughs> Gus Count is in it mm. that's a good point it's a compelling argument at least the best gene hackman movie, Arl- movie Arl- of Arl- of, of 2000 yeah or 2001 whatever year that was yeah
1: yeah i'm just worried about it because it's just become a meme i really i mean at the end of the day and i don't want marvel to try to capitalize on a meme You know, they've tried, they've done it in their movies. They've thrown memes into their movies and I don't like it It (laughs) needs to exist in its own world. I mean, kind of, I mean, them bringing Vin Diesel aboard was kind of them giving into that though, but they brought him in to do Groot. So it really, maybe Richard's right of, they bring him in to a villain role, you know? first, but I would think if you're if you're Keanu, you try to negotiate a you know, 3 to 6 picture deal with, you know, a character that gets its own movie, you know. I would think my my character is Nova, the one that I've been pining for uh, you know, the entire time we've been talking the MCU ever since they brought in Guardians of the Galaxy, and then now that they have Captain Marvel, it makes even more sense to do that character. Um I thought they were going to do that character with Jude Law in uh, in Captain Marvel. Thought that was Mm going to be a twist at the end, or you know, I was like, because like he would have made great Nova. um, And Nova is kind of like a galactic, kind of like a Captain Marvel esque character. um, Part of the Nova Corps in Guardians of the Galaxy, the Glenn Close, John C. Riley core, you know, military people. It's it it. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a character that I would envision that they would want to get involved, and it's an easy thing to do, and it has a big fan base, and uh, Keanu would be great for that. And yeah, but yeah, if I was Keanu, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't just do a a villain. I wouldn't like, well, yeah, you know, in uh, you know, at Guardians of the Asgardians, you're going to be uh, you know, the the new. The collector, like we have Benicio del Toro, it's going to be Keanu. You know, I like <laughs> that kind of role. I would, I, I wouldn't ex- see him accepting that. I would see him being a face rather than a heel. And to put it in Richard Nice terms, right? Um, sure. But um, speaking of Keanu Reeves, and the last thing I want to touch on before we talk Toy Story is they're rebooting the Matrix. Oh gosh. <laughs> and please
2: don't no, don't do it.
1: Mm. I know, I mean Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised this hasn't <laughs> I'm surprised this didn't happen earlier to Matrix. be honest, considering <laughs> considering the backlash, fan backlash even of the the previous Matrix movies, uh the sequels and um you know, I've said I I that this is a Series, a universe that they should, something should be out there in this universe. I don't know what it is, if it's movies, a Netflix show, HBO, there's some anime series that comes out that's really good. I just feel like this is a world that needs to be, there needs to be something out there uh, with it, um, just because of the fan base. And I do think it's an interesting world that they built regardless of. The uh, like the mythos of the world is interesting to me, not the uh kind of uh, aesthetic, <laughs> the green and trench coat <laughs> aesthetic, you know, not like that, any of that. Mm-hmm, yeah. um,
2: and Man five thousand of it all,
1: yeah, you know. yeah, they can bring that back. I mean, because that that age is like fine wine; you yeah, can just pop timeless. that bottle open and <laughs> yeah. just anytime. Um, so to make Brian even more conflicted. Oh. they the a the wachowskis are still doing this uh mm. so it's not for it's
0: crazy, me you know had so many other good ideas yeah <laughs> so lately
1: so many of their ideas have su- succeeded mm. but um if they can get more space werewolves involved in the matrix universe i'm, I'm all right. on board so,
2: i've said for years um that's the
1: one thing <laughs> missing. that was the one Seriously. thing it had everything but but that um you know if, if they brought in a director and, you know, they made an announcement like, hey, guys, we're we're rebooting The Matrix. Yeah. This is going to be J.J. J. Abrams' first movie after Star Wars, and Michael B. Jordan is going to be starring. Brian, you'd be on board, right?
2: Yeah, sure. Why are you I not could, on board could, for, for yeah, the Michael B. S- Jordan
1: one with, with the Wachowskis? Because... The other... Yeah, because... You just know, you can see the writing on
2: the wall, or... look Look at their IMDb, like... I have not watched Sense8 which has a pretty a relatively big I would say a niche fan base that really digs that show on Netflix but it also has a lot of people who are like this is a really confusing odd show and I I can't figure it out but like I mean post Matrix you have two uh, bad to very bad sequels I would say I mean it's been a long time since I've watched either of the Matrix sequels, but they were, in the moment even, everybody was like, oh, this is not very good. Uh, And then Speed Racer, oof, Cloud Atlas, Jupiter Mm. Ascending, like, it's not good. This has not (laughs) been a good track record. And it also kind of, I think, goes to, it's maybe it's partly that they had one great idea, maybe it's that they caught lightning in a bottle, maybe it's that the Matrix isn't that great of a movie, which is a really unpopular opinion to throw out there but i think we all agree with that so maybe i should feel more confident because you guys agree with me but like i like the matrix fine there's some scenes that are still very cool about it and it was huge in the moment and i you you can't take that away from it but i think it had kind of i think by about 2004 i had gotten to a place where i was like ah it's fine and everybody around me still was like no dude it, the, I, the the sequel sneak but the are the matrix awesome it's a great movie and i'm like i i don't know that it is i mean it's anyway i don't know that Gianni that, that ages dude <laughs> right yeah i don't know that it aged particularly well and i i don't i think this is a point that you made at some point richard i don't know if you even remember making it but it it, it sat with me and i think it's it's spot on is that somebody would have made the matrix somebody between 1998 and 2003 let's say somebody would have made The Matrix and the movie, The Matrix, not necessarily the actual Matrix, although perhaps that as well. But um, that would have happened. It was an inevitability. And whether it is better, whether they made the best version of The Matrix or the worst version or somewhere in the middle, I don't know what it is, but I don't know that that movie should be the thing that 20 years later we are still like, yeah, they yeah. have had a rough run, but, but, but... They did make The Matrix, so we know that they've got it in them. I, I, just, don't, I just don't know that that's true.
0: Yeah. So we, uh, I love Michael
2: B. Jordan. I'd be okay with this on some front just as a reboot if, like you said, Ken, if they were producing or something and just handing off to a director who definitely can make a movie, but even then, I'm like, I don't know that this needs to... I, I don't know that we're at a place in 2019 where we're like, we definitely need to reboot The Matrix. We need to restart this whole thing. Yeah,
1: um, I remember talking in our Matrix episode. We have done an episode on that movie, a throwback, if you want to search on our website for that episode. Um, isn't there a Phil K. Dick short story that is basically just the, the Matrix? I remember playing some audio on on that I'm episode. Sure is, yeah. I remember There's playing some, some audio on like that audio. episode of him talking about it, and it's like verbatim, girl, you know, guy is at work and he doesn't know where he is. And then a girl in a mysterious coat comes and meets him at a club and, you know, takes him to a place where he has to choose between, you know, it's like verbatim the movie. (laughs) Uh, So maybe somebody would have discovered that or adapted that at some point. But knowing that that property isn't as self-inspired as people make it out to be is, and especially given The fact that once they had the property and they tried to make two more of them, they didn't uh, succeed. You know, there are moments of them, I think, that are memorable, but overall, um, it didn't succeed. Uh, You know, you set set this up in a digital world, and then the third movie, you're in, like, underground cave world. It's a very – it was a very – stark juxtaposition to what the expectation what that was set up with the with the first movie so i'm slightly optimistic because of the property that i do think there's potential there given the right circumstances but um i don't know if this is the right circumstance but uh i don't know if they're going to do a complete reboot like is michael jordan going to be neo (laughs) and just do that over again do the movie again or is this going to be a new telling? Uh, I mean, a new direction? Is the matrix just take? Is this take take uh, over where they left off in the last one? You know, is mm-hmm. that all still canon? You know, I'm right. excited. I'm interested. Or does it to see just where take place
2: in the universe? Something like that,
1: right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, I guess we'll expect an announcement closer in terms of release date, plot details, more casting, et cetera. So, yeah, Michael B. Jordan. Wachowski's rebooting the matrix coming soon to a theater near you or something or you know, your mind or whatever we're in. Sure. So it's going to open up an entire wormhole of Twitter. And I can't wait for we're talking about fun Twitter memes. You can't wait for the We're not in our reality Twitter to open up uh, after that movie, but sorry, Richard.
0: No, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's bleak. I'm not a fan of this. I yeah, love we're Michael basically B. in the Matrix.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, forever. It's uh, it's
0: sad. I, don't I know. like Michael B. Didn't too. What? It, I, what? Like the real Matrix's finger. It makes me sad. The deep cut <laughs> for Brian.
1: That's from the Matrix. Sean, the Matrix. Marion, <laughs> right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, did I see a rumor, Brian? Maybe you've heard would have heard about this of them trying to bring Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger back into. The MCU too? I saw
2: that out there, but I it was like in passing and I couldn't tell if it was like a real thing that maybe had been mentioned or if it was just like, you know, one of those this would be cool. screen rant things. Yeah. Like, oh hey, we could do that, and then running with it I don't know.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Throwing it up against the wall and seeing hopefully they uh fanboys react and then it happens. That's kinda what kinda what the protocol is, sadly, but um, it's the world we live in. Okay. Let's take a quick break and take a breather and come back and talk Toy Story 4. Boom.
2: You've got a friend in
0: me You've got a friend in me When the road looks rough ahead And you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed
1: we're back in Toy Story uh, Land universe, the Pixar universe, whatever uh, the, the technical term is. I don't know. Is, is there a technical? It's like an MCU type term for Pixar. Brian, is that it? Is it just M- uh, Toy Pixar?
2: Story Cinematic Extended Universe. Oh. Ah, yeah, let's go okay. with that.
1: All right, there we go. <laughs> I do Yeah, Toy Story Cinematic. That rolls off the tongue. That's mm-hmm. that's why they that's why they landed on it because. Yeah. It's so easy to say. T-S-C-E-U. T-S-E-U.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. just the T-S-K-E-U. Mm-hmm. I mean, the we yeah. talked about it.
2: Plays, plays great on Twitter as well. Great hashtag on Twitter. You can't, I went, you can't abbreviate it. You got to go, the, I mean, the whole thing in order to get the little emoji at the end, you know? But uh, it's worth it. It's worth it. Um,
1: I went to Disney's California Adventure uh, Park thing. Have, have, have you been to that, Brian? They've, like, repurposed the whole thing it, yeah. into yeah. Pixar Pier. Yeah. It's really kind of... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I hate to say anything bad about that experience going there because, you know, it's for a certain people. Uh, but they just, like, slapped like Woody on a sign. <laughs> and it's like, now this is Toy Story, guys. You know, there was, like, almost no effort to Disney-fy that whole park. That just reminded mm-hmm. me of that, talking about... Uh, the, the TSCEU. Uh, I don't know why, but that just flashed in my mind. Like Pixar beer. Um, that's the extension. Um, all right. So it, we've never talked a new Toy Story movie on the show before. No. And um, this is the first time to do that. We got some hot takes coming coming at you. I'm sure. Uh, I'll throw one out. Um. Overall, at the end of the day, I'm going to come out positive on this movie. But overall, to start, this movie disappointed me. I expected more, um, probably because the track record is so high, because of my expectations for uh, Toy Story. Um, And so from that perspective, uh, I was let down because of the fact that Toy Story 3 is so daggum Good and perfect, those are the way it ends. Uh, you know, mm. all the Toy Story movies are good, but if you're trying to wrap up a series, trilogy, whatever, I think Toy Story 3 is just about as flawless as it can get. And when it comes to movie making, storytelling, whatever, whatever you want to say, uh, when Toy Story 4 was announced, I was very happy and was like, okay. The only reason this movie would be made is if this story is just—it's so we have to to tell this story that we no we're not we're gonna look back at that movie and say we could not have lived without Toy Story Four because it's gonna be that just like Toy Story Three was right when it came out, um, which they had waited about as long to make that. Um, this movie is is good. It's a great. It's a great movie. Um, is, it, is it gonna be the Good as the best last Toy Story movie? No, uh, I don't think so. It doesn't it doesn't it feels I feel like I'd still watch this after you know uh, I would still watch Toy Story 3 after this if I'm trying to like machete order this thing uh, into an emotion from an emotional standpoint. Um, but uh, man, from an animation standpoint, pure execution of the material that they had, I thought this is about as good as you can do on the on the positive end and um i just wish there had been more of what i remember about toy story the characters that i remember and granted a lot of them aren't around anymore i I fully realize that but this one had a, a definitely different tone um and yeah that's kind of my overall impressions of it is just that um it was probably a little bit more unnecessary than I had hoped or wanted it to be when I came out of it. I was like, "Well, that was very good, but did um, did they need to make this movie?" It, it felt like, you know, Pixar. They're they're an amazing company. Like I said, I can It's hard to talk bad about a company that's been as successful as them. But the last couple movies have been fine, right? Um, Incredibles two. Was just about as good as it got when it came to box office success, but um, critically, you know, most of these movies have been sequels. Um, most of them have not spun into the need for other sequels, um, and so that's what I consider, you know, like as hitting a single or a double when in baseball terms. And sometimes you just want to hit a triple or a home run. And when you know, when it comes to fan reaction and box office, and when you've got this in your back pocket, its I understand it's just so hard for them to resist doing this, making this money, knowing that it's going to be good, knowing that the people involved are great. You've got Tom Hanks at the center of it. Let's just center this whole thing around Tom Hanks. I understand that. Um, but, you know, as an ending, I don't know if it works great. This is Woody's ending, but it's just so. I oh mean, Toy Story three. I guess will always, in my mind, Brian, to pass this off to mm. you, will always be the ending to Toy Story. To me, this just feels like more of an extension to that universe, or one of those shorts or something that got made into a full movie or something. Did it? Did it feel like that at all to you? Or, or uh, you know, let's get general thoughts going here on uh, for Brian on TS four, Toy Story four, cinematic EU universe. <laughs> Go.
2: I get. I, I guess I. I get what you're saying. I think I had already kind of come to grips with the idea of like I don't know. Maybe I'd already dealt with the. But Toy Story three is so great. There's no reason to. Uh, to to do it again. I guess I'd already kind of dealt with that because it it exists. So I gotta. I just. I gotta get over that. You know. Because you're right. Three is. Three is a. We talked about it uh, last week. The week before in the VIP. It's. I think it's just a masterpiece of a film, animated or otherwise, and it's just. Is a perfect movie and it it ends in a, in a great way. Um, if you would have asked me beforehand, hey, do we need a Toy Story four? No, we don't. And I, I kind of agree with you. And like, make sure you're telling a story that matters and that has some significance and some weight to it. I think they did that. Whether it measures up to the finale of the original trilogy, then I I don't know. I guess I look at it more of less than less of. Does this is this the best? Does this in the, the entire series on the highest note possible and more um, is this fitting? Does it fit in with the rest of the, of these movies from a quality standpoint? I think it absolutely does. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, I don't know. We'll do rank at the end of this, but anyway, I, I it's definitely more of Woody's story than it is uh, buzz or like the whole group. I mean, Rex and Jesse and and uh and Slinky Dog and and a bunch of the others really not only do they ta- they've always taken a backseat to to Buzz and Woody but now in this one it's like also you're taking a backseat to all these new characters too um and maybe there's some some gripes to be had there but it's definitely a send-off for Woody and I think it had a story that actually um adds value does add value to to the uh the quadrilogy if you will the cinematic the Toy Story extended cinematic universe um, and I, so I don't have any, I don't have any problem with it. I have very very few gripes with this but m- truly it's not even a gripe I it's not as good as Toy Story 3 and it's it's not as good as Toy Story one and I don't know maybe it's not as good as Toy Story 2 mm-hmm. I, I don't know mm-hmm. but it's but it's not like um, it's not like it's like their their worst the, movie is
1: every other Every yes, other movie's yes. best movie, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> oh, and and too, I was going to say, you know, I feel like it's. I don't want to argue with you, but I feel like it's kind of become this sort of blasé opinion of like, well, all they do a sequel now. Well, the last nine no, movies, this is five sequel. five sequels, four originals. So it's not like that's all they're doing. And they did make Coco two years ago, and they did make Inside Out four years. You know, these are so anyway. It it's. I just want you, if you have a story that's worthwhile telling that's that's worth the telling that's worth putting the time and the effort and the money into, and it's not and if, i mean it's it, they're all cash grabs right like there's no movie like this that isn't in the back of some executive high up in the in the organization's mind that hey, we're just gonna rate cash on this, of course that is, so can you find a way to do the cash grab while also telling a story that is worthwhile and i I feel like they completely got that right it's a weird start Kent, kind of you mentioned at the top like i wasn't expecting i wasn't sure where this story was going to drop in having seen the the shorts that they do the halloween and the christmas shorts that they've done i wasn't sure if it was going to be an extension off of those or if it was going to uh be truly nine years from i mean it's been nine years since we saw a toy story movie right so i don't know if it was going to drop into real time or or what so it was a little odd to kind of just trying to set the scene at the very beginning and get an established timeline and whatnot. But after that point I was, I was in and, and it certainly didn't do anything to, um, to, to push me out by any means. And so anyway, I had a great time with it. I don't think it, I, to your point, it's not as good as Toy Story 3. Uh, it is also significantly better than, 90% of movies, you know, I mean, it's a very, very good movie to me. And, and probably at this point in a year that has been brutal. So maybe it's not that great of a compliment, but I'd probably have this at the top of my list, uh, as far as movies of, of 2019, as we sit here on June 25th or whatever. So I'm not, I, I can't say that I'm disappointed in it, but I also didn't have the standard of it's gotta be better than, than, or I don't know, on par with Toy Story 3 as this is what we have to get for it to be uh to reach uh what I'm, what I'm going for here. So, but I yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I loved it. Cried a lot as always, very expectedly and uh and and enjoyed it. I, I always love being in this universe. But uh But Arby, what about you, man? Yeah, no, I didn't see it. So No, okay, good. Uh, <laughs> uh no. Uh yeah,
0: no, I, this is interesting. I I uh, you know, this movie is visually so so obviously technologically the, these get more and more um, unbelievable looking every time, you know, mm-hmm. from every time they do one of these, they top themselves visually. And, and this certainly you to I I spent some time with some of the older toy stories. I didn't watch all of them or anything, but before this, cause I had some weird like gaps cause I saw them so spaced apart. <laughs> I was, you know, just, it was something I had to kind of like, and it's like, it's, it was really jarring how much better this looked than even toy story three. Um, but, but being said, uh, yeah, it felt is it very, I don't think this is a word, but I'm going to make it one, um, epilogical <laughs> It was, felt like an mm. epilogue to, um, uh, uh, the real finale of toy story three. Um, you know, you know what uh, it actually
1: says in the beginning, it says nine years ago
0: <laughs> yeah. and that
1: throat and it never like flashes forward. And it right. to like nine years later so this might actually be that if we're yeah. you know, getting technical and maybe that's that that's why I, it felt it feels that way to me and you uh RB
0: yeah so it felt like a little add-on in a, in a not not a negative way but it didn't it didn't quite feel I don't know if it is something about that magic number of three with movies where it didn't really feel mm-hmm. it felt like those were its own contained thing and this was its other another thing that was very good and very well made and had all the same ingredients, everything, but it wasn't really part of that, uh, story as much. So I don't know. I, I, but I, I liked it. You know, I liked all the things I always like about toy story. I think they're wildly inventive in terms of story. I think the voice acting is fabulous and the way they make you care about these made up, uh, you know, inanimate objects or whatever is, is, is lovely. And I hate, the entire experience of watching them because I don't like to feel like that. So it's the same thing. I feel it's a it's a great film. It's it's one of the best things we'll see this year, and I can't wait to never see it again. But I will if they do Toy Story five, and I'll be mesmerized by it. But that's just how that's my own broken self.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I would I would imagine they would probably do another Toy Story. Um, you know, I, I probably would think in Pixar's mind they felt like. You know, like I said, that three was the magic number, and that they were never gonna do that again. I think they had said publicly, "We're never making another Pixar movie." I'm sure when Disney came aboard, uh, uh, full time with the with Toy Story three, they they probably said otherwise. Um, but you know like I said earlier, uh, it's honestly amazing. There's a track record of, of Disney Pixar with, with this series and how this is, I mean, every one of these is 98 plus percent on, on the RT that's never been done for a tri- trilogy or quadrilogy of any kind. That's not like planet earth or something like that, or, or a documentary or something. Um, and it's, it's amazing to go back on the animation side of things. Uh, I loved how this movie started. Uh, I was blown away right from the get-go at the, the scene with the rain and them rescuing R- R.C. car and the callback to the original Toy Story with the, um we need more monkeys, the whole thing. It's <laughs> so, <laughs> so funny. Um But, man, when R.C. Carr is, like, stuck in the gutter and he's, like, trying to drive out and, like, there's mud and leaves and everything like I was, it was looked as it was indistinguishable from reality. And I mean, that's the point we're at now with these, um, with these movies and, you know, it feels like uh, there was a movie, there was a, uh, a YouTube video that someone from work sent to me about, uh, about Pixar and, you know, their creative process and how, you know, certain movies have gotten them over humps and, and animation like how they got over the water hump with Finding Nemo and Hair with Monsters Inc., and you know they've taken these steps in animation with every single um, with every single movie, and it feels like Toy Story is them just throwing all that in there, <laughs> and they're just bragging like, "Look how great our universes are! Look how awesome our characters are! Look how funny this is!" You know they do everything so well. That's just like, like I said, it's like. It's like an all-star game, you know, it's like, you're watching everybody do hit their notes perfectly. Um, You know, I heard something like they had over a hundred pitches for toy story three, the original toy story three. And it was originally supposed to be about Buzz Lightyear. um, And there was a product recall in Buzz Lightyear. Like he was supposed to start to malfunction and stuff and everybody was going to get really concerned for buzz And they found out there was a recall and he gets recalled to a Japanese toy manufacturer and it gets shipped back to Japan. And so it's like they all the toys go back to Japan, uh, go, you know, it's set in Japan. So it's very colorful, you know, environment like Shibuya and all that. Um, And then so they meet all these Japanese toys like this Gundam character that's like kind of like Buzz Lightyear, you know, certain things like that. Um, But I mean, just the amount of stuff that they go through uh, the amount of stories that they go through the amount of oh maybe but maybe buzz buzz has a bit you know in every movie um which is which is hilarious to me it's toy story 2's bit of him having to convince the other buzz that he's not real you know and that this is he's a toy and uh is a great bit uh to me and he's always been kind of a bitty character, otherwise, except, I mean, except in Toy Story 1. And, uh, you know, I, I'm reading this book, which I'll talk about and will recommend uh, a little bit later. But what they talk about in there is Joss Whedon, came, when he came aboard to clean up the screenplay on Toy Story, on the original one, his main con- contribution to the story was that fact that Buzz didn't know he was a toy. And how that completely changed the perspective of the movie Mm. that they were making about his self-discovery and Woody trying to tell him that and (laughs) him not, you know, just coming out of the box, that whole thing. It's a great, it's a great arc. Um, But once that was over, he's become like a bit character. But I got to admit, this bit was, it really got me in this. The conversation that him and Woody have about (laughs) the inner voice nail, they nailed that. Yeah. I thought they nailed the the inner voice thing for the most part. Maybe they used it half a time too many times, but I thought that was that was a good bit. Um there's a lot of good bits in here. Um I thought Ducky and them were were hilarious. Uh the Jordan yeah. Peele uh and Keegan-Michael Key characters Ducky and Bunny, I guess they are. I thought that was funny. Um I was a little let down with Duke Kaboom. Um, I wish they would have done more with that. It was it was a fun kind of add on. It was a fun like oh Keanu's in this kind of moment uh, towards the end. Um, I just didn't really find maybe the aesthetics of the locations was kind of not my favorite. Like I mentioned the Buzz Lightyear thing. I, I maybe would have preferred something like that. Maybe more. And I don't know, the carnival just felt a little old timey to me. Maybe, maybe, and went back and back nine years ago, we were going to carnivals, guys. Remember that? Remember before social media yeah. ruined us? Um, and the <laughs> antique store and stuff. I, th- I thought they, um, could have done so much more with those two elements than they did. And uh, but they were fun, you know. But I, I just felt like. Okay, well, what is what is Slinky Dog and them up to? You know, and they they, yeah. they like they like flash back to them, but then they immediately get back to oh, let's go back to our new characters and we're hanging out with Bunny and them. You know, so I just missed like the just how it used to be with the old gang, and uh, you know, that's sure thirty plus year old me talking about that. But uh,
2: yeah, yeah, it it was the settings. I think both of the main settings were really good, but they both did feel. Um, slightly, uh, unrefined or that's not even the right word. It's like a little lack. It's like, it's like they got into the writing process and we're like, well, the antique store doesn't quite fill the whole movie. And this carnival thing also doesn't quite fill the whole movie. So we'll just kind of jam them together. And I thought it was very seamless in the way that those things came together. But you're right. from a setting standpoint, we are used to uh, with Toy Story and and um, and this Toy Story Three, Two with the daycare and all that sort of stuff. That those the set piece, the set piece, the settings are really intricate and incredibly elaborate and really well done. And they give you they have like a, a really great sense of scale, mm-hmm. and that's kind of missing a little bit. From you get it a little more with the carnival side of things than you do the antique store, but it both of them. I thought both of those settings were like. I don't know A or A minus settings. Whereas pretty much up to this point, the first three movies, every setting was was like an A plus mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's, it's like a minor, a minor issue or, or or a gripe, I guess. But but I think you're right. Like there wasn't quite as much as you want, or what we've come to expect from these things. Now the flip side of that is they spend, I think, even more time than than some of the the previous movies. Like really going in on the kind of the psyche and the, uh, the mental and emotional place that some of these toys are in. And that's always been a feature of the series. Right. But this one really gets into that, especially with Woody and, uh, Gabby and, and some with Bo Pete and stuff. So there's, there's that. And, um, that maybe that's maybe the sacrifice of that for that, excuse me, is a little bit of the, of the setting. The, the quality yeah. of this or the, the intricacies of the setting, I guess.
1: Yeah. What did you guys think of Gabby Gabby and the ventriloquist dummies? It felt very shining esque
2: mm, Sure.
1: Yeah. It's another callback to toy story, which mm-hmm. they tried to make Sid like the shining you know, the right. and it's carpet. and the whole right. thing, but
2: yeah, I thought it was great. The, the, the dolls, the marionettes or whatever were very effectively creepy without getting, yeah. without crossing funny, the line. Creepy. Yeah. 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 So I was a little concerned with Coop that he was going to be too creeped out by that. There's one jump scare um, that was kind of intense. Yeah, that sure. I I was surprised they sure. had in this. It was
1: this movie was rated G. It wasn't even PG. Mhm. Mm-hmm. was surprising.
2: Yeah. But I thought they navigated that really well of uh kind of your point Richard of like establishing those as the creepy dolls that they are, but because their movements are kind of floppy and yeah. and odd, it it gives you a chance to uh I don't know. Not get it, it's not too creepy for for the audience, which is which is important, obviously, yeah. since you're making a kids' movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I think uh, you're absolutely right, and I can't believe we've gone twenty plus minutes with this re- in this review without mentioning F- Forky. Um, oh man! I, no. I, I think if Forky doesn't work, this movie doesn't work, and that was probably the point where the story team said, "Okay, this is a story we need to tell with this Forky character." How do we get this? Uh, how do we get this story out there? And I really enjoyed that part of it. I didn't know if there was enough. They put him in like prison basically for half the movie, and <laughs> you know, it's we're gonna ride around in a skunk mobile at a carnival for you know a couple scenes, which is which I think that, that was a pretty really fun arc with uh, with Bo. Um, but uh, nonetheless, I really liked Forky. And the animation was so daggum funny on it. I so mean, cool. I just love how the attention to detail of of realism is. Okay, if this was actually a spork nailed to popsicle sticks, how would it move? The scene with him and with with Forky and Woody walking down the street, and he's like, you know, as Gosh, so, and cool. and, yeah. and he's like dragging Forky, you know, because he can't walk, and cars are driving by. That whole sequence was fantastic um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i loved forky and wanted more forky
2: yeah man gosh they boy oh he's like suicidal but it's like lighthearted too (laughs) you know he like throws him well having him that's a that's a really interesting i did not expect that with that character obviously i've seen forky on every piece of promotional material for a year so um was very prepared for what i thought was going to happen with him and i knew the concept that that uh bonnie the the little girl had created him so that makes him a toy mm-hmm. and therefore he's alive i knew that was the thing i did not see the trash and and trying to throw himself away over and over i did not pre- i didn't think that was i didn't know that that was going to be part of it and i thought it was hilarious that was a really funny bit that has just very classic pixar it's a very funny bit that also uh, tells quite a bit of of story and like really sets up these uh, characters that are inanimate objects to to you know um, illustrate uh, human issues and and self esteem problems and things like that. It was was really funny and well done. And jumping and off the bed was say. hilarious. Too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like into the trash. Yeah. It's, like, it's great. Yeah. yeah, the kid was just dying at that. So that and and then it sets it up for you know there's just so much that can be done with that and that's such a that's a stroke of genius to me and then like, they I get to the antique store be able and it's to come like, up um, with that that concept that's just so good yeah it was
1: yeah, I'm sure they high-fied that day and the oh <laughs> yeah up, yeah, up, yeah
2: totally, yeah. totally yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: They knew, yeah, you almost know, it's like, what if we do this and get Tony Hale to voice it's like, oh
2: my god, quit, <laughs> yes. stop talking, stop! <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. it's like, one of those. First off, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, so good. But, um, yeah, I like that. Uh, I love the Easter egg, I don't know if you guys noticed this, of Hater as the Carney. Did you notice Hater was yes. the Carney? That was awesome. Yeah. He only has, like, one line that's like, <laughs> lot ear, you know, get your <laughs> lot ear, or something like that. I'm sure he just recorded it on his iPhone and sent it in. And right. <laughs> <laughs> nice to be in just in a, Toy Story and Star gig, Wars. gosh. And, like, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, that was a funny bit with the carny. Um But you're right, Brian. Yeah. I thought they could have done so much more with the carnival thing. That's really the only thing they did was that one little game, and they do a little bit with the merry-go-round and, like, the uh, that uh bows like lives under there you know Mm kind of thing mm -hmm, uh under the the ferris wheel uh but yeah or carousel i should say for our uh now you see me fans (laughs) um yeah that that was that was about it was that that game i thought it was Mm -hmm, i thought it was funny mm -hmm. though when they they put them up against the wall and they were talking to each other and uh all
2: that bunny and ducky were great introductions that bit with them saying what they yeah. should do to get the key that killed oh me oh my gosh yeah uh, that absolutely was <laughs> yeah those characters i mean it's just the plush again, rush it does yeah. <laughs> yeah. winter winner, chicken dinner <laughs> it comes at the expense of some of the side characters from uh the series up to this point but i mean i think they nailed it across the the, the, the new car- forky uh bunny and and ducky I love Duke Kaboom, and then Gabby Gabby. I guess those were all the the new ones. I, maybe I'm forgetting one, but the are uh, the little, uh, the little uh, one that's with little, the what, the, Ma- the Mighty Max or Mick Giggles yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are yeah, yeah. so but like I swear, like my kid, the second we walked out was like, "Can we go to Target and get uh, Ducky and and Bunny?" He just was he thought it was such a hilarious bit, and gosh, they did a great job of just keeping that. Carrying that through, introducing two new characters, you know, in the fourth movie and then carrying it through through the bulk of it and have them come out such as such strong characters in addition to Forky and, and all these rest. That's, that was, gosh, that was awesome. Um, and yeah. they were really funny. Really funny. There's a, uh,
1: there's an element to this that, I mean, uh, really they hit over the head with Toy Story 3 of the emotion The crying, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel that with Toy Story. I don't remember feeling that with Toy Story. I don't remember there being like some really sad moment. I think maybe like Buzz falls off the thing and his arm Mm -hmm. breaks. I think that's like the most sad thing that happens in the movie. Um, Sid was just kind of a misunderstood character that, you know, was... His parents didn't like him, so he blew up toys, kind of. You know, everyone has a kid in their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, That was kind of the extent of it. But, I mean, this felt like emotional warfare, in a way, of we're actively (laughs) trying to do this to you now. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to put this kindergarten girl class and she's gonna be rejected (laughs) by every kid and like all these moments you know and like the kid at the end with the kid at the carnival that's a lot and all these things it's like yeah they're just they're trying now um but uh i guess you that's what they kind of seek with these movies is one moment that's just kind of Oh, 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 oh no! You know that's yeah. That's what they've they've maybe with that first Toy Story movie they just didn't know what they had and like sure oh, oh there's emotion course, here yeah. well how can we quadruple down on that emotion mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. they you know, they do all this but uh, but yeah, yeah. The, the um, man it's the circumstances are certainly it's tough you know on all circumstances mm-hmm. like Gabby Gabby's thing is is pretty pretty right. sad too right. you know I'm not having yeah. a, a kid but that was kind of done with jesse like i said most of this stuff has been done and said and commented on in toy story before it just felt mm-hmm. like it's like let's just do another one of these <laughs> instead of like uh yeah
2: sure yeah sure. it's
1: i mean that's fine to an extent too right if it's good but, and it yeah, is
2: yeah and they told a good story with it yeah and and look the thing that they do that so many other movies tv shows whatever miss on as far as trying to trying to force the audience to connect and cry and all that sort of stuff is that they do it. They, I I don't know. I I can't think of an example in Pixar where they missed on that, where it's like the, the emotions of the characters kind of elicit a connection between them and you. And then you cry, then you get emotional about it. And it's, it's an organic feeling. It's not like, I don't know. I keep, I keep using this as us as my reference. So I'm going to have to find a new one at some point, but like, every episode of This Is Us that I've ever watched, which is limited at this point, but it's like, it feels like the producers of the show are, like, stepping out of the TV, like, the ring, and screaming at me to, to cry. Like, cry! You're gonna cry right now! That's what it, it feels like, and whereas these, it's like, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get pretty emotional about this lost toy that is an inanimate object, but I... I'm going to get it because I just have grown to care about the character and over the course of the last 90 minutes or whatever and and I see how these this person in inter- this human being interacts with this toy and vice versa and it just oh, it 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 works. And so it's like yes, it's you're you're totally right. Like is it emotional terrorism? Yeah, probably, but it's, it's I said like,
1: warfare, not it's, terrorism, it's, but go well, ahead,
2: you know, uh, shades <laughs> of gray. But uh but it but it but disagree. Yeah, but it works and it's very uh genuine and organic and it comes from a real place not a the more times you cry the more emmys will win sort of sort of way you know
1: yeah it uh man some of it was was super sad i i did like how they used the line from toy story 3 of you know we've we've lost a lot of great toys wheezy Blah blah blah, mm. Bo, and they never really say Bo, and it's like, yeah, Bo was a good toy, and they never really say what happened to her or where she was. But I liked that that this kind of makes sense in the, uh, I don't know, they, this kind of explains that plot hole of where was Bo the whole time, where had she been mm-hmm. up to? Um, that makes some sense. Um, and you know, there are so many Easter eggs in this movie. I don't, I don't even go down a, an entire list of them. But, you know, people freak out. It's funny because people freak out about Easter eggs in Pixar movies. Like, oh, did you see the, uh, see the, uh, the, from, uh, I mean, the bug's life. Did you see the, uh, they have mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the animal crackers from a bug's life from uh, the carnival scene. And it's like, oh, cool. Great. <laughs> you know why they have that? Because they already had it in the computer and they threw it on a shelf and because they don't have to make something new. That's a, Probably ninety percent of these drags you see in these movies—that's why. Not <laughs> um, unless they're actively trying to put in like the pizza plant truck or one of those. Most of them are just because you can re-render something if you have it, especially objects like that. Right, um, the cat um, was a fun little side thing that I thought could have been a bigger mm-hmm. bit sure. like they sure. really could have played the cats, the villain the whole, you know, for a while, like they did with the dog in the first one. I thought the cat looked great. Maybe it was so expensive to make that they couldn't yeah. do that. That, that might be what happened. Um, it's like, yeah, we can do it, but we can do it for five minutes total. The whole movie, where do we put it? Um, and that, that might've been it. That, that was honestly the case with the dragon a lot of times in the, Lord of the Rings. I mean, not a Lord of the Rings, um, Game of Thrones, like, Mm -hmm. like just to have the dragon on screen for even a second cost them a million dollars. Like point blank, you know? Uh, so it's funny to think about those types of things, those, those decisions you have to make when making these movies. But man, the animation, I say this with every animated movie we do, I feel like it's just, it's just incredible. But I feel like they need to pull
2: back on it a little bit. Wave too, them like you thing.
0: just do not care. That yeah. was my favorite. <laughs> that's,
2: your, that's the best anime. <laughs> yeah. Um, the best yeah. Easter egg in the movie, honestly. When the, yeah. the Jim Parsons home character is just floating around in the back. Something I know I never, you were happy about it,
1: Richard. I know. <laughs> I know. I never thought about um, the fact that they, the reason they made Toy Story to begin with as the first Pixar movie was – you know back in the day to to make animated characters in a computer it had this very plastic texture to it by default and there was not a lot you could do about that so it's like they centered the story around the look that they could create in the computer that looked like toys right okay well mm-hmm. if they're going to look like plastic let's make a movie about plastic toys right, right. um so, so many things about Toy Story that are just off the charts, creative, clever. Um it's their it's it's their golden goose, man. It's 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 the, there's almost nothing you can do at this point to destroy what they've done with with Toy Story. And I mean, do you think this one is going to be a best picture nominee conversation for that Gosh. this time around? Well, I mean, I mean at this <sighs> point in the year, yeah, but
2: yeah, it's always hard. This year has sucked so bad. So I I mean, you never know what that's going to look like when, you know, cuz we don't even know what movies are going to come out yet in November and December, but uh it would not it doesn't wouldn't seem like a like much of an outlier um at this point or or too big of a stretch I should say to to suggest that that's that's a real possibility at this point for sure. Yeah, I wanted to mention
1: before we wrap up our our conversation um, and give grades on Toy Story 4. um, I saw that we saw the trailer to Onward during this, Mm. which is um, their next movie coming out next year. And they announced their movie following that, which is called Soul. And Pete Doctor is doing that one.
2: Yeah, and, and start he crying did now.
1: For, yeah, he did an Inside Out and Finding Nemo, I believe was his uh was his first one, right? So the most emotional yeah. movies that they've done. And so that one is called Soul and it's exactly what it is. It's like Inside Out but for the soul. I think it's something like the plot synopsis says an in, you know, an in-depth look at what makes us feel an emote, you know, kind of thing. So okay. I'm sure that's yeah. going to be
2: Jeez. I'm just gonna weep the whole freaking yeah. time. My goodness. Yeah. 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 Can't wait. Onward looks fun. Looks that looks like something closer to the lower end of the Pixar movie. It's like right? Zootopia, like bit, yeah, kinda. Yeah, sure. And it looks it looks fun. I I'm sure. Looks like bright but good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> You think we'll get that sequel anytime soon? Uh the Yeah, that looks that looks like a fun fun movie. To see with kids, that may be one that's like a tort—that's torture for, for, uh, for, for Richard, for guys like that's like, well, I got to go see this movie, but it's—I don't know that it's going to be as good as a Toy Story or an Incredibles or something like that. But it looks fun. The um,
1: there's a bit, Brian, that that I've heard of. That's in one of the shorts. Um, I think it's called Small Fry or something. Um. Where they have like McDonald's toys and uh-huh, buzz yeah. is like doing a support group for McDonald's toys, yeah, that's a funny yeah. bit see it's that funny. to me that yeah. stuff like that is so much better than i I don't know i I don't gotta i'm, not gonna, I'm not, I'll, let's get the grades i don't <laughs> I don't want to talk myself <laughs> down from from at this point, <laughs> but I mean that could of that's just, i don't know that so many ideas that they've had I don't know it, yeah. it feels like they make decisions based on. Emotional warfare. <laughs> I hate to say that,
2: but that's that <laughs> How'd might you feel the about the ending? At. Let's let's yeah. let's close with that. You know how do you feel about the conclusion? At
1: the conclusion, this whole time I was like, I don't know why, but you know, this is Woody's just like in Star Wars, it's Luke's story, it's Skywalker. It would feel disingenuous for it to be any about anything less than that at the end. It was about Woody. Um I was less about the Gabby Gabby goes and finds a kid at the -hmm. thing and that whole thing. Then I was Woody realizing that Forky is Bonnie's favorite toy and it's not about him anymore. It's about Forky. Right. And yeah, he doesn't need a kid. He's in his, I know he's basically retired at this point. Right. Um, and he's going to go live with his girl and travel the world. Right. With the carnival. Um, I thought that was, it was very fitting. Um, Aside from the the side note with Gabby Gabby, I thought I thought the ending was was good. Is it better than Toy Story three? Definitely not. But um, sure. no, maybe no movie in cinema history is so. <laughs>
2: yeah, I might. I mean, that's it's a very high standard. To yeah, put it, against it is. I, I thought the Gabby Gabby thing was was fine, but it was a that was the only part of the kind of emotional makeup of the movie that felt a little bit, um, a little like they kind of pushed it a little bit because they didn't have just a whole lot of emotional attachment to that character yet. And then to drop it into like right. a, a, a lost kid. She was bad five seconds ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, but yeah, to, to play it into a lost kid that's already like, that's a very kind of Cut Woody emotionally open. No. <laughs> yeah. t- tugging sort, sort of thing. So that stuff. But the, mm. the close, for me, the close with, with Woody and Pete and then... The line from Buzz that that she's going to be okay and all that sort of stuff. Just that was a. I thought it was a very fitting into this story that the Woody story that's taken place over these these four movies, and it was um, very emotionally affecting. I was yep. Coop was sitting in my lap at that point, and he looked up at me and just kind of rolled his eyes at me and then turned to Lindsay and he goes dad's crying. I was like, yeah, okay. Thanks, man. Appreciate you nerking me out, but but it was yes, it was it was very effective in its uh its emotional tug there. And Again, as always, I think they do a great job of making those feel organic and and genuine. It's it doesn't top Toy Story 3 on an emotional standpoint either, but almost it's like that and I don't know, maybe Creed are the two movies that will just Probably the four hundredth time I see those movies, I will still be uh, welling up, and and if not just out and out balling. they just they they kill me every time. So it wasn't quite to that level, but certainly um, had the intended impact. I think for me,
1: yeah, absolutely. Where was Rex in this movie?
2: Was he in the movie? It was like
1: very. was, like very, was like my yeah, favorite. he was there. Toy he was Story back character. in the RV. Yeah, yeah, it's my favorite character. Just the neurotic. <laughs> T-Rex is so funny (laughs) to me, the juxtaposition of the two. uh, That's my favorite Toy Story character. But uh, let's say one thing you could change about the movie slash one thing you wish this movie had before we hit grades. Brian, one
2: character
1: you wish there was more of, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I think I felt like Buzz kind of got the short end of the stick on this and it again it's Woody's story so there's it's fine. They did it. I love the whole thing with his inner voice and his conscience and stuff. I thought that was cool. Um but it there were just big stretches where you kind of forgot that that Buzz was a part of the movie and that seems odd given that he has so clearly been uh the one a to to Woody's one. You know what I mean? Throughout the course of of these movies, he he kind of got left left behind as did like I said, Jesse and Rex and Slinky and and some of the rest, but Buzz especially feels like um, he maybe he could have had a little more. Did more it feel time. genuine to you for
1: Woody to leave Buzz and gang to go to Bo- with Bo?
2: I did. Yes, and I should have said this. I think that that was that was such a fitting and and touching ending because at the end of the day, like his. As great as his um, – we've come to, like, really dig the, the the friendship and the relationship that he has with with Buzz and the rest of those toys. It's – I mean, w- Woody has always been about his relationship with his kid. And if that – I mean, that was very clear from the, – they did a great job in, in hindsight of kind of setting us up for that ending. Um, with, with the beginning, you know, that he's not getting played with and that he's just searching for meaning and stuff. But yeah, like, I think that that's, that story had kind of run its course and it totally made sense to me that, that he would walk away at that point because that's not, um, that's not what he was, at least in his mind, that's not what he was made to do. Right. To he's, he's supposed to be helping. I don't know. he's, He's supposed to be with a kid. Not, not, it's not so much about, um, the relationship with the, with the toys, I guess. But yeah, it worked really well for me. I thought it was very fitting.
1: Awesome. I'm ready to hit a grade. What about you guys? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. I'm going to give this, um, an a minus for a toy story, a four. What about you, Richard?
0: I'm going to go, it's an a plus for me, but it, I hate how it makes me feel, so I'll just go solid A, <laughs>
2: as I always do with these. Uh, love it. Bri- I love Brian, it. Brian, what about you? i uh, we go A plus. Best movie I've seen this year by of, I well, Endgame's pretty great too, but but I would say pretty pretty fair stretch number one um for the year for me. And and I think you know, look, Toy Story, Toy Story Three and and even Toy Story Two are like A plus 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 movies, so this is not quite as good as those. I, I don't know, I might put it ahead of two. Give give me a year or so. Once I've seen this a thousand times with coop um that may change some of that but yeah it's it's really it's really freaking good and i think we'll have a a prominent place at least for me at the end of the year awesome
1: toy story 4 is playing now and will probably be for weeks and months to come so check it out let us know your thoughts at mad about movies on twitter okay um, let's move on guys hit that weekly recommend a boom
0: weekly recommends.
1: I'm going to recommend a book that uh, I started reading this past week um, when I was doing my my back uh, back end research for Toy Story Toy Story Trilogy Toy Story 4 etc it's called Creativity Inc I don't know if you guys have read this and it's by Ed Catmull President of Disney Animation Pixar. Um, and it's just about the process of Pixar, Disney, and it's it's more about cr- the creative process than it is about here's a biopic kind of telling of what happened at Pixar, you know. And you know mm-hmm. they do certainly have situations like here's how we overcame. Brian, the story that I told y'all in the VIP about Toy Story Two getting deleted. Is in the book. Mm, um, that's cool. It's in that book. Um, uh, but really, really interesting read if you're a Disney, Pixar fan. Um, Creativity, Inc. I don't know when it came out. Uh, I got it at my local library, um, which, by the way, libraries exist still. It's amazing. 2019. What? Public libraries. Yep. Just go down there. They give you a book. You don't have to pay anything. You walk out, you can read it, and you bring it back. It's great. It's it's fantastic. I suggest, highly highly recommend, side recommend, the, the, the public library to any of uh, the man fam out there. But, but yeah, that's my, my recommend, Creativity, Inc. You guys would dig it, and I'm sure nice. anyone that uh, digs Toy Story, Pixar stuff will, will, will like that one, too. That's my recommend.
2: Brian. Sweet. I'm gonna recommend an album that came out last weekend, a long-awaited album for for me, and I think for you guys as well. I don't know if you had a chance to check it out yet, but it's the uh, the tours "Help Us, Stranger" is the title of the album, and it's uh, it's very good. I, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. It's it feels it feels like a return to form in some ways for uh, for our good friend Jack White. So I'm I'm digging it quite a bit, and uh, I imagine I will listen to it many more times over the. Over the coming weeks and months and years. So tracking tours help a stranger. Right? You're saying
1: that uh what was his last name? Burning house reach or boarding house yeah. reach wasn't Boarding his, house wasn't reach, Wasn't his yeah. return to form? That wasn't it? Oh, I don't think I've listened to it since we saw that show. That show you know I what's... mean, I saw him twice that year in that same that same tour. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it and it makes so much more sense in the context of the show, but like out of the context yeah. of the show, it didn't make. The show it was make any awesome, sense. Yeah.
2: but it's funny you say that. I have I got a copy of the record when we bought the when we bought our con- our, our our concert tickets. You could oh, it came get, with it. Yeah, you could, you could get a CD for free, or you could add like ten bucks and get the vinyl. And yeah. I always buy vinyl, so I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'll I'll do that. And I hadn't heard the album obviously at that point. Um, and then you know I listened to it via streaming or mp3 or whatever and i i don't think i've even opened the record so it's just sitting in my mm. shelf with the rest of my jack white and white stripes and out albums stuff like that and uh, you know it's it's gonna sit there i really I mean, dig this uh
1: record i've heard like yeah, four or five yeah, songs from it mm-hmm. and uh yeah. yeah it's it's solid really solid mm-hmm. i've always liked the raconteurs and same didn't understand why they went away to
0: begin with but jack's gonna be yeah. jack
1: he's gonna do jack things right richard mm-hmm. what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on this record i
2: know you're yeah, yeah, you're the, you're the Jack White the Jack guy. White guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. It's very good. Uh, Reckoners back in oh whenever seven oh eight when that band was I think touring their second album. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. That's such a good band, and Brendan Benson's such a a great songwriter and mm. and uh, kind of frontman in his own right. And uh, it's it's a that's a great band. I've only heard the new album uh I think two times through there's just like a lot of music last week. there's like a new prince record and that album and um there's a bunch of stuff so um i I will get I will spend more time with it in the weeks to come but yeah it's it's that's such a great you know, they're just kind of down the middle rock and roll band, which there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that and uh certainly the musicianship's really exciting and fun and as expected with Jack White there's gonna be some interesting curves but yeah, no, it's definitely definitely better than than uh then then boarding house reach and yeah it's a it's it's fun to, the songwriting's really uh I, it feels really collaborative which is cool i think different mm-hmm. for someone who does things normally pretty solo even when he's in ostensibly band so yeah no I, I i'm excited to spend more time with them i'm glad you like it bright guy yeah yeah
2: what about you, buddy? What's your
0: uh, what's your week- I'm going to recommend go a podcast on uh, on the Mark Marin WTF Monday pod. He had uh, Stephen Colbert on nice. and uh, it's just a really interesting, thoughtful um, conversation And Stephen Colbert is, I think, at his best when he's like not funny, even though he's very funny. Uh, mm-hmm. And I really enjoy it. I found, <laughs> found myself like Monday morning, like, oh, this is out. OK, yeah, I'll kind of throw this on like and then being really, really more into it than I am most podcasts. So I thought it was a really, a really good talk. And that did show he, uh,
1: talk about, uh, sorry to interrupt, but did he talk, did he talk no. about Conan in it?
0: No, not I didn't. That I, didn't I heard yeah.
1: him and Conan like, are don't get along, but they've like, oh, okay. tried like really hard to like, try and make that not seem the, like the case. Like, you know, Colbert did Conan's podcast. Yeah. I'll send you guys a, uh, a YouTube video that like breaks down like, cause, cause Colt, Colt, you know, Colt Colbert was on his show and then he was on Colbert's show. Like they mm-hmm. did all these like kind of back and forth appearances and it's really yeah. fascinating to, to, uh, hear like their subtle jabs at each other and things, you know, but, um, that's a, that's I didn't know yeah. that they weren't, I assumed everybody in that industry was friendly, but you know, I guess something happened. I didn't know if, if Mark Maron dug into that or not. He usually no, tends no, to do it's, that.
0: It's mostly about, uh Colbert's kind of upbringing with the the mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. death in his family and all that stuff. So it's really interesting on that. Front. Isn't his but, uh, name
1: really Colbert? But
0: he goes yeah. Colbert. Yeah, because it sounds better. All, well, he did it as a joke because that yeah. character that he played on the <laughs> oh. Daily Show was supposed to be a high status idiot. So he made it Colbert as a joke, and then mm. kind of because he always says that he has uh, I think three older brothers that are attorneys, and he said they. It's a great joke. He said. We've always talked about opening up a law firm called Colbert, 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 and Colbert. Um, <laughs> so anyway, it's a good hour or so, and uh, you can you get a lot out of it and be entertained. So that's mine.
1: Awesome. Well, good times. Always fun to talk about uh, Pixar and what they're up to. And uh, I guess it'll be about this time next year we'll be talking about Pixar again with Onward coming to theater starring Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. So that is sure to fail completely. Oh, and Julia Louis. Yeah, Yeah, there we go. American treasure, JLD. Mm -hmm. Okay. For those of you who want to follow us and more of us, we have a VIP club and uh, our most recent episode is true lies. If you want to dig into that, we're doing a lot of films from 94 this year in honor of uh, 25 years since 1994 and uh, so True Lies, we, we talked about that. Uh, the next movie we're doing, though, which, be, which will be coming out this week, uh, is Goblet of Fire, Harry Potter. And My wow. first time watching Goblet of Fire about two hours ago. Um, and uh, so we're about to record our thoughts, and that will be coming out this week. Um, after our AMA, which is coming out this week in the VIP as well. We, you guys hey. submitted questions. We're going to give you our answers. We recorded an ep- episode Exclusively every month for those people to uh, dig a little bit deeper into the show, into our lives, into things outside of the topics of the show maybe that uh, you can't ask us on the air or on social media. And it's a really fun time. So uh, that AMA is happening, and that will come out uh, this this week as well as Goblet of Fire. So fun times happening in the VIP. If you want to join over there and uh, ensure that our show keeps happening, head on over to madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP to check that out. But if I want to check you out online, Brian, where would I find uh, you?
2: You can find me on the Twitter at bgil 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. I've got a collaborative blog that will be up on... Yeah. Uh, Wednesday or Thursday that is about creepy dolls and then creepy dolls in uh, movie and TV mm-hmm. world. Uh, and then, books. uh-huh. yep, I'm sitting in my doll room right now as we speak, obviously. Um, Tabitha says, says hello, Richard. Um but and then on our newsletter this week, also coming out on Thursday or Friday, and uh, we have a, a collab between all of us and a few of our friends talking. There's some cool stuff in there, but, but uh, the thing we're all working on is talking about our bucket list concerts. So in the spirit of Rocket Man and Yesterday and some other musically inclined type movies, I thought that would be a fun topic. So we, we, we've all got a little entry in there. So, so check that out as well.
0: Barbie. Yeah, you can uh, find me on all the uh, social media at Richard Barden. And that's um, it's how it's pronounced. So please use it correctly. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, you can find me on social Media, Richard Barton. Kent, where can I find you?
1: Find me on all the platforms at Kent Garrison and uh, find us at MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com. If you like what you hear, we have more episodes. Not all of them are on our podcast feed on Spotify or on iTunes because uh, they have limits to those things. We have a ton of episodes. So head on over to the le- that website and use the search function if you're looking for maybe the Matrix episode we mentioned or any of our previous Pixar episodes. Those are all available there. Um, until next week uh, I think we're doing Child's Play Richard and I it'll yeah. be a good time so until then we'll see y'all at the cinema
0: A goodbye bye 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 hey baby I hear the blues are calling Toss salads and scrambled eggs and maybe I seem a bit confused yeah maybe but I got you pegged